Number 38 of the 48 ways it reads on the list. Eno sameach b'horaah. Eno, he does not sameach, take joy b'horaah in decision-making. Decision-making in law, but in decision-making. Now, what does that mean, he doesn't take joy in decision-making? When you have a question, don't approach decision-making blissfully, but with the proper caution, responsibility, and reluctance. If you do it blissfully, with no second thought, just by impulse, you're going to make a lot of wrong decisions and bounce off the wall a lot of times in your long life or short life. Okay, I like to give you a grabber or something that, that shows you what the problem is or the extent of the problem and how, how to consider it. And what I would suggest is, you know, you ever hear somebody saying, you, know, you ask somebody, do you believe in, the, in that netherworld hell? And believe me, people say, I don't care if I go to hell. You get that? He doesn't care if he goes to hell. You ask him, how would you like to spend the night in Harlem? <laughs> no, he doesn't want to spend the night in Harlem. Harlem is... But he doesn't mind if he goes to hell. Huh? Now, what does that mean? He's making a decision. He's making a decision that he doesn't care. He's making a decision that there is no such place. How does he, how do he come to that conclusion? Do you see that people will make such decisions blissfully as if uh, it, there's nothing to it? Yeah? What goes on within us? How many times have you made decisions on an equal level without really considering what you're talking about? All right, so how do we go about using this properly? So the first thing that I would say about going about using it properly is first realize in detail that life is decisions. Living is decision-making. Now, that's a statement, but realize that this is the fact. What are you going to do today? That's a decision. What are you going to do this week? What are you going to do with your life? According to your decisions, is going to be your living. Do you see that? How are you going to react to people? What are you going to say to your parents? What are you going to, to think of a human being that is, wants to be your friend? All of these are decisions. And life is decision-making, and you're making these decisions all the time. Will you be frank? Will you be friendly? Will you open up? Will you reason? All of these are decisions. That's the only way you're going to do it. You've got to make decisions, and you're making decisions, one way or another, all your life, and that is what living is about. We don't think of this often. It's, it's something new in our thinking, but do you see that it's valid? Okay, so how do we go about making these decisions? So two is notice our approach to decision-making. Now, what are you going to do today? What do you think about heaven? What do you think about hell? Here, is there a hell or not? You, you realize that you have a feeling now, I don't like this subject, and we make the decision, shelve it, or let's just forget about that. Let's go to something more interesting or lighter reading material, like, uh, you know, who won the soccer match? Yeah. Do you see, that's our reaction. What is our present reaction to decision-making? Off the cuff, under pressure, impulses, feeling, blissfully, without thought of the consequences. What is the consequence of, of not paying attention to the fact that there is a heaven and hell? We know that there are consequences there, right? But shunt it off, out of thought, out of mind. Yeah? We don't like it. 
So we just push it off. You see that? But B is that there is something in us that we call the afternoon uh, quarterback, the Sunday afternoon quarterback. You ever hear that expression, the Sunday afternoon quarterback after you watch the football game? You say how they should have played the game, how the coach should have called the plays, how Eisenhower should have invaded Europe, what we should have done in Beirut. Should we have entered? Should we have listened? What? We should have done for peace with the Palestinians. Conduct negotiations. Give them the West Bank. Give back Sinai. Don't give back Sinai. Everybody's got his opinion. It's when you've got to make the decisions that you have a different feeling of the consequences and your decisions are going to be a little more thought out. But we like to play with decision making. We get a sort of... uh, uh, you know, if I was in command of the troops that invaded Europe, we would have done a lot faster. We would have ended the war. We would have come just behind the Ruhr. You know, we would have invaded by paratroop drops, right? If I was doing it. Ah, the world has missed something by not making me the general in charge. That self-importance that we have, that sense of, of all of all abilities that we have when we're not on the line. That is the vicarious decision-making bliss, joy. Watch out for that. You know, that isn't very sensible. All right, so number three is, see how it works in action. You're walking here in the old city and somebody asks you, where's the, uh, the street called the Third Wall? Yeah. Now, here you are. You've been living in the old city, right? You realize you don't feel like saying to the guy, I don't know. I never heard of that street. You realize? It happens to be in the new city. (laughs) It's not here at all. But the third wall, that sounds like something that should be here, right? So you think, well, maybe it's down here. I think perhaps over here. Did you ever ask uh, directions here in in Jerusalem from someone? (laughs) Very reluctantly will a guy admit and confess to the fact that I'm ignorant about that street. Yeah. Can you imagine how it is to admit ignorance? I've never considered the subject as to whether or not there is a God or whether there is evidence that he spoke or what is happiness or what is love or how to love. Do you realize if, you're, if you have this, this drive not to admit ignorance about a street that you're living in, if you're a section, I mean, you come from, from uh, let's say, uh, Manhattan, and somebody asks you, where's Bleecker Street? You don't, you don't feel like admitting ignorance. I don't know where Bleecker Street is, right? So here you're living in a world, do you feel like admitting ignorance? I don't know what free will is about. I mean, <laughs> you've been using it a long time, friend. Don't you know what it's about? So you say, well, you can't define it. No definition. Do you want to be a good man? Sure. What is a good man? There's no definition for it. Wait, I, I admit, you know, I've never thought about it. <laughs> Do you see that this is an essence, an essential quality, if you want to get on with this business of living rationally, meaningfully, and accomplishing your purposes? All right, so number four is, at this point, we have to be careful to differentiate between teaching and decision-making. What you know, what you have a clarity, you've got ten fingers, Happiness is more important than money. That is things that you know. There is a pleasure, there is a joy in teaching others. And that's all right. When there is no 
question involved. There is no other point of view. You have a clarity. If you know that happiness is to take pleasure in what you have, that is the pleasure of being happy. It's clear to you. You can, you can teach it. Take the pleasure in teaching. We want to give people meaning. That's all right. Teach it. That is happiness. But where you have a question in your own mind, whether we should invade Beru or not, whether it's worth the casualties, what will world opinion be? Where the consequences can be terrible, be careful. All right, number five. Let's understand and appreciate what it means to take proper precautions and the reluctance and the sense of responsibility in decision-making. So to give you an idea of how that feels, the feel of it, is if someone should come to you, a friend should come to you, and ask you to please help him make a decision as to whether or not he should have open-heart surgery. Now, what's your first reaction? Me? Me? I mean, (laughs) you got a lot of friends. Maybe, uh, uh, maybe we'll ask a doctor. Right? We want to get out of it. Is that me? What do I know about it? You see, that's your first reaction. So he says, look, nobody has the time. Doctors I don't trust. They're prejudiced. You've got to study the, the facts. I, I, don't, I don't feel confident in it. I'm all nervous. Do me a favor. Now, you're stuck. What are you going to tell them? Look, friend, uh, do what you like. Let me out of it. But you say, come on, let's sit down. Let's hear what did the doctors say. What's the condition of your heart? You're going to learn the whole thing thoroughly. Because each way, I mean, you can't say, well, why don't you do it? Take a shot. Yeah? <laughs> or, no, no, don't. You can't. Either way, you don't, you don't want to be responsible for, for a wrong decision. Does that make sense? Now you're naturally responsible you're going to get the facts serious. You're going to study the issue. And you're going to think as to what other information you can get before you make a decision to help this fellow. That's what we're talking about, making decision making. What are you going to do for the rest of your life? That's your own open heart surgery, right? Be serious. What are the possibilities? What do human beings, what can they achieve in life? How do you make sure that you get the best? Make sense? Do the same thing. No, this is serious business because you waste a life. <laughs> you might as well have had open heart surgery and not come out of it. You don't want to waste your life. You want to get the most. You don't, you, you, you don't want to make wrong decisions on it. And you don't want to tell other people wrong information. B of this is, what about advising others? For yourself, you're going to get clear information. Advising others, first get them to competent men. If there's somebody who's thought it out, say, well, look, you can make your own decision. Go ahead. Here's a good doctor. Here's a good wise man, right? He'll help you. It's only under reluctant necessity that you take it on. Number six is, all life and wisdom treat in the same way. Be real. So if somebody says, come on, I'll teach you how to be happy, be real. This is something more important than being rich. You can't afford to just say, well, I, I don't feel like it now. That's, that's a decision. What do you mean you don't feel like it? <laughs> you know, 
This is something valuable. Come on, let's consider it. We can teach you how to be happy. We Jews say that happiness is an obligation. We say that love is an obligation. We say there's a definition for free will. We say that you want to be great. We say, okay, so I don't have time now. Wait, wait. Consider the consequences one way or another in all life and wisdom. Consider the consequences. If there is information available about how to be happy, you turned it down the rest of your life, you don't have it. If you didn't go to see Masada, the rest of your life, you didn't see Masada. Yeah. Now, which is heavier? Be real. That's the idea. Be responsible. Treat it as a reality. Open heart surgery, consequences are always terrible. What are you going to do this week? So what? So I'll waste a week. Okay. It's not as bad as not knowing how to be happy the rest of your life, or not knowing how to love, or not knowing what you're living for, or not knowing... But wasting a week is not too good either. Look at it as consequences. Don't waste no week. Make a decision thoughtfully, responsibly. All right, number seven is that in making decisions, again, from open-heart surgery... You want to get all the information. Like, here you are, somebody is telling you um, happiness is an obligation. Yeah. Okay. Now, somebody is telling you you need open-heart surgery. Yeah. So you say, why do you say that? How do you know what information? How can I check it out with another doctor? Where is the... Yeah. The same thing goes with... Wisdom and living. You want to get the information. You want to focus down. Exactly what did you say? What is happiness? Let me see. Okay. Happiness is an obligation. How is that? Yeah. You can do it. You need it for yourself, for your life. For the rest of your life, you need to be happy because it's more energy. Because you're healthier. Because you got more courage. You're an optimist. You're able to take pain better. You're, you're, right? You agree? Okay, so what is happiness? Take it step by step, clarify, serious. Yeah. With your example of open heart surgery, I'm, a, I'm not a specialist on it. I can go to a hundred doctors, they may give me ten different pieces of advice. Similarly, with happiness, I'm being offered a lot of different ways to get it. Is there any way, as a, a, a being with finite intelligence, I can really decide who's offering me the right path? You see, with open-heart surgery, you're asking a question, and it's a good question. Like, an open-heart surgery, I'm a layman. And a layman is asking me, and he wants me to decide. Now, why does he want me to decide? Because the, you know, you don't trust no surgeon. People who are serious don't trust surgeons. There's a lot of operations that aren't necessary, right? Okay, so now, but I can ask as a layman, I'm going to ask a hundred doctors. They know more than me. That's true. But there is a certain coincidence. I mean, if, if, if one doctor says your, uh, your arteries are swollen, and the other guy says your arteries ain't swollen, wait a moment, you know. There's something fishy going around in, the, in Denmark, yeah? I mean, for goodness sake, either the arteries are swollen or they aren't swollen, yeah? What's going on here? You, you know, you figure they're all going to say. So now, what are they going to say? The arteries are swollen, but our opinion is that it can be a inflammation or it can take some time or it doesn't necessitate the risk because the incidents are so much and so much. So you have to, 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 to is there any way of taking down the swelling? Is there any other way of treating it? And you hear, 
this guy says this, this guy says this, this, this fella, he's a surgeon. He says, listen, get it over with. Wait a moment, I don't want to get it over with. Okay, you know, stay away. <laughs> well, he says, well, you know, the chances are um, 50% survive. You got good chances. No, that's not enough good chances for me. You know? It's okay for you. <laughs> not for me. Yeah. Do, do you see? So you are weighing the information that's being given to you. Now, wisdom, we all know. We can all check it out. You just have a little bit fuzziness in, in focusing. Is it true that if you're happy, you're healthier? Is it true that if you're happy, you can deal much better with people? You're more outward going. You can take frustration a lot better. Is it true? You know that. If you're happy, you can deal with customers better. You can deal with bosses better. You can deal with employees better. You can deal with your parents better. You know that. When you're happy, the customer comes in to give back the, uh, the washing machine, yeah, and he goes out with uh, additional equipment. Right? When you're miserable, not only does he uh, get you back your washing machine, but he sues you. <laughs> Right? You know that? When you're miserable, boy, you start a fight with anyone, right? So this is something that you know. It's your life. It's something that you can check out if you're serious enough to see. If there's some question, so you ask your question. Clear up a little bit fuzziness. Yeah. Number eight is, you just have to remember all the time, ask yourself, am I making a decision? The consequences will be bitter. You have to keep Pushing yourself, you know, like we're not going to change because we hear it has to be done. But every time you have to ask yourself, you got to realize right now, make the decision. You're making tens of decisions every moment of your life. What you're going to do the next five minutes, how you're going to treat this piece of information, what you're going to do with a friend, how you're going to relate to people. You're making ten decisions every moment of your life. Yeah. What you have to do is ask yourself. What decisions am I making now? How am I making them? Now, of course, to do that for the next uh, uh, two weeks, you'll be completely bollocked up. <laughs> you'll be tied up in knots. Yeah? Because it's not what you used to. So I remind you, it's like when you were learning how to drive a shift car and using a clutch. You remember the problems that cropped up, that the, the foot came out while you put on the gas and you raced the motor and you jumped ahead. And you, you remember? Until you coordinated it, you couldn't think of anything else. Right? Whenever you had to shift gears, it was a major operation. Yeah? Until you master it and become second nature. Same thing goes over here. That you're asking yourself, what decisions am I making? Am I aware of the consequences? Do I have the facts? Am I making the decision? Ding, ding, ding. And you have to keep on doing this until it becomes second nature. Second nature. You're always aware what decisions you're making, on what basis, and, and what. And you're going to lose some of them, all right. You know, you lose some of them. But make sure at least the important ones you pause. Number nine is another very important aspect in decision making for yourself and in advising others is you just finish researching the whole question as to whether it's open-heart surgery or you should pass it up and try medication. Yeah, you got the whole thing down. You're coming in to your friend. You say, look, I've worked it through, and the decision is open-heart surgery. Yeah, 
and somebody walks by and says, what? Open heart surgery? You're crazy. There's a new method. Or you've overlooked this. Is, this guy, don't you see that he has diabetes? 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 I never even thought of diabetes. You got diabetes? Wait a moment. <laughs> Cancel out. Go back to the drawing board. Do you see that? All right, and then the same thing goes. Listen, I've, I've considered whether there's a God. I've had 10 discussions in my 20 years. I've had 10 discussions, and each one of them went as long as 15 minutes to the point. Yeah? And I decided there is no God. Wait, I got seven categories of evidence. Well, I've already... Seven categories? Wait, which categories did I cover? I don't even know which categories I've covered. All right, let's think it over. Do you see that? The fact that you've made a decision, you really studied it, so what? Somebody comes in with a new piece of evidence, a new way of thinking, new dimensions, scrap it. New ball game. All right, number 10 is that look around, look around and see how blissfully people make decisions, life and death decisions for themselves and for others that change their whole lives, that that get them involved. I mean, we, we never saw the Red Brigade uh, member decide that he's going to join the Red Brigade. You never saw that, yeah? But did you ever see somebody decide whether he's going to go to the Moonies for, a, uh, uh, for an evening's entertainment, yeah? Or decide to be one of the Moonies, right? Did you ever see somebody decide to drop out of college or to get married or to get a divorce? Did you ever see anything like that? Yeah? It puts a little fear into your veins. A person deciding, ah, oh, we can't make it work, let's get a divorce. <laughs> Hold it. Look what you're doing. Did you see that? Now, it's hard for us to focus on others, but let's ask ourselves, what about everybody giving advice to Israel? Make a Palestinian state. Well, you know, they might bombard uh, Tel Aviv with katyushas. You know, they're a little... Uh, well, you have to take a risk for peace. Wait a moment, they're risking me, you know. <laughs> Hold it, you know. Right? Let's, let's discuss the issues. But do you see that people will blissfully make decisions for others and for themselves that are fraught with consequences? Realize this is your own situation too. Without training, without effort, you can make decisions like divorce and marriage and life and death blissfully because you don't want to look into it, even open heart surgery. You don't want to look into it. My doctor's a good doctor. Finish. Yeah. I trust my doctor. You've got to trust your doctor. Yeah. What will he think of me if I don't trust him, if I want another opinion? Do you realize that people actually make such decisions because of such nonsense? Be scared. Watch out for your own decision-making process. Get cold in the bones. And what should you do? B of this is take out your decisions and look them over. What decisions did you make for life? The important ones. There's a God, free will, there is a heaven and hell, there isn't. We can't change. We can change the world. I mean, you've made a lot of decisions. Take them out, look them over. On what basis did you make them? Number 11 is realize that living is growth. You want to live, you want to grow. You want to be more. 
if you don't make a different decision as to what you're going to do with life that's more meaningful and pursue it, you're not going to grow. No decision is a wrong decision. At least if you say, I am not going to make a decision, <laughs> you've made a decision. No decision. But usually it's made just out of, you know, blissful ignorance. All right, someday, you know, I'll think it over. <laughs> right? Nothing. Well, your number 12 is to take out the big decisions and if for, at least for the very, very important ones, write out the consequences, the pro and cons, one way or the other. So, first decide, what are you, what are you living for now, actually? What do you want? You want success? You want to, you want to make a name for yourself? You want to, to secure it? Whatever it is. Yeah. There's something that you, you're driving for now. You want people's approval? You want to be comfortable? You want to avoid responsibilities? That's what's moving you now? Okay, that's a decision. You've made that decision, right? Now, ask yourself, what is it that I'm going to get out of it? What is it that I'm going to lose? What are the alternatives in order to choosing, really, what should be driving you? Okay, number uh, 13 is that in Jewish law, which is instructions for living, the rabbis say, Teach your mouth to say, I don't know. Which means that whenever you make a decision, whenever you tell somebody, whenever you, you inform somebody about what is the proper and right path, don't tell them, look, this is the truth, this is the absolute truth and the only truth. Say, look, I don't know. It seems to me. When you get home to your parents and you want to teach them some of the truth that you have here, don't tell them, look, I found out happiness is an obligation, even if you know clearly. Say, it seems to me. You know why? Why should you say it seems to me? It's a lot easier to get off a mistake when you said it seems to me. Once you've committed yourself to a point of view, <laughs> there's no backing out. And therefore, you are much more of a threat. You come on like a fanatic. You know. Yeah? So you're more of a threat, and you can't possibly relax. You've, you've staked your reputation. If you say, it seems to me, you make a mistake, you say, oh, thank you very much. You straighten me out. Yeah? And it gives room for someone else to give his opinion, to give you feedback. David, you, you hit on a very important uh, question. How do we know we know? Right. It's one of the 48 ways is being a to live, know yourself, know how to introspect, know where your information is coming from, know yourself. Yeah? But I would say to you that what you're, you're confusing something like a, we call it sikhus halev and binut halev. Sikhus halev means I have a sense. That's what you call intuition. Binatalev is I perceive. Happiness is more than money. That's a perception. That's an intuitive recognition, right? Intuitive recognition, but it's clear. I have no problem with it, yeah? But when you say, but I think that there should be more to life than being successful, there's a confusion. It's a sense of direction. You can say, I know that there's got to be more to life than people's recognition. People's recognition is valueless. That's a perception. All of life is built on perception. How do we know we know? It's all perception. Scientific evidence 
An experiment has to build on perception. Has all the variables been taken into account? Is the hypothesis firm? Is the conclusion warranted? All these are judgments, perceptions. <laughs> you can't, there's no flag that comes out of an experiment and saying, proved. <laughs> no. it's, it's our perception of what, what is the information. Okay, number 14 is that whenever you're confronted, remember, we usually react in defense. That's our decision. Defend your reputation, defend your statement on the barricades, in the hilltops, down the streets. No retreat. Yeah? That's usually our decision. You have to pause for a minute. You want to make a right decision. And number 15. Be a judge, not a lawyer. Be a judge, not a lawyer. In decision making, ask yourself, what is the evidence? Why am I making this decision? Don't defend the decision you want to make. See, don't argue yourself into making a decision. Be a judge, not a lawyer. B of this is, keep looking for your mistakes. Because we're always a little off. We're always making, where, where am I making a mistake? Like an open heart surgery. The first thing is, you've got to make a decision. The second is, your objective. A judge, not a lawyer. The third is, did I see this clearly? Did I get all this information? Is this right? Is this for sure a piece of, of right thinking? Right? Because you're always a little off. Watch out for that fuzziness. So number 16 is, list the things you know for sure. And know in your life, you know that the important thing is, all the things that you have convictions on, that are the basis of your life, that the important thing in living is to be good. Yeah? Look for the fuzziness. What do you mean by good? There's a fuzziness. Yeah? There's an area that you haven't clarified. This is the way of human beings. All the, your convictions that you're living with Check them out. What, where are you off? Well, first of all, you got to check them out where they come from. Yeah, that we already said. But even those things that you know, that happiness is more important than money. That's a decision. Everybody decide that's valid. You think it's valid? Valid. David, is it valid? Where are you making a mistake? There's something wrong. Right. Where most of us are going wrong is that we don't mean it. We decided it's true, but we didn't decide, hey, look, i got to treat it as more important than money. See, we're fuzzy. We say, yeah, yeah. Man, you don't mean it. Proof of the pudding is, have you worked at it? Yeah? Yeah? <laughs> have you succeeded? If it's more than money, you'd succeed. Do you see that? At any rate, the idea is that our convictions, we have to look for where we're off. We're always off in a little bit in the decision-making. You've got to clarify it straight and crystal clear and get on with it. All right? Number 17 is that for living in Jewish consciousness, we say the most important decision of them all that every human being has got to make and that is the common denominator of free will. In Judaism, we say that the Almighty is the father of all human beings, a Hottentot in Australia, a headhunter in Borneo, and a, a communist in, in, uh, in, in China, is also a child of the Almighty. He gave us the wherewithal to find truth. 
and then how? Just one decision. What are you living for? Bottom line. Every human being can decide, I'm going to figure out. He can make that decision. That's free will, that decision. I'm going to decide really what is life about. Final, ultimate. What is the meaning of my life? Or he can take some illusion to his heart. Any human being who decides that I'm going to, in the end, clarify what is living about and go about it, start it tonight, and do it every night for 15 minutes, will achieve greatness. You've got to know what you want. If you don't know what you want, you can't get it. True, natural, brought with consequences. You've got to get that information. What are you living for? Okay, as to why do we need this? Why do we need this? So the simple uh, appreciation is that in Judaism we say to be human is to be subject to making mistakes. We're all making mistakes. Every one of us makes mistakes. Biggest mistake is to make a decision that you're not going to change your mind. Yeah? Because you know you're, you're off. You've got to find. The first decision you've got to do is find your mistakes. Does that make sense? So being aware that you make mistakes is the first decision. I make mistakes, open heart surgery. I am being robbed of my quotient for living by the mistakes that I am making. I've got to eliminate my mistakes. Number two is, why do we need this? So... In Judaism, we say, you see, that Torah is exhilaration. We do want truth. We want reality. We want to understand. And it's exhilarating when you see something. It's exhilarating. Therefore, you have to watch out that that exhilaration doesn't sweep you off your feet. and You're walking down the street. Eureka! I found perpetual motion. I got the secret. <laughs> Wait a moment. You might have made a mistake somewhere. Yeah? You follow we get exhilarated. We find, hey, this is truth. This is it. And then we forget. Check it out. Check it out. We get carried away. The second aspect of that is, the B of this is, that ultimately we appreciate that knowing is, is really being heavy. We appreciate that. Therefore, we like to pretend that we know. But don't fool yourself. We like to pretend armchair generals. Knowing... Knowledge, understanding, is the ultimate heavy person, more than anything else. Yeah? So we like to pretend that I could coach the football team, Walter Mitty, you know, uh, strategy, I know, I'll tell you what to do, how to open up your business, did anybody give you advice about how to, how to fix your car, he doesn't know what a car is about. <laughs> we like this idea of being all-knowing. Yeah? Don't play games with your own life. Yeah, with open heart surgery. Otherwise, you're way off. Just one more, and that's number three, is that the rabbis say that Elu Talmidim, it's in Hilchas Torah, that the people, the students of life, that have not studied enough and want self-importance and keep broadcasting what they don't know about living, they're the ones who have put out the light of reason and the strength of our heritage by giving counter information. See, if everybody is using the short wave, 
So the police channel, they can't hear each other, right? You follow? You can't have any, you can't have the voice of authority coming through. If everybody chips in with his opinion about something that he hasn't even studied, so all that is in the wavelengths is half-baked ideas that are not, and everybody's confused. If people who are appreciative that you don't give open-heart surgery advice without knowing something about it, if they would keep quiet, then the people who have reasoned things through might be able to get a hearing. So therefore, we're lacking leadership because everybody is a leader. Do you, do you see that? Everybody's a leader. So you're lacking leadership. Nobody can get through. You've heard ten people sounding off about wisdom, about life. What's another sound? What's another voice? I thank you. You have been listening to Voices from Jerusalem. For a complete listing of our cassettes, see our web store at aish.com. For a free cassette catalog, email us at voices at aish.com or call toll-free in the U.S. 1-800-VOICES-3. Our main office is at 1 Western Wall Plaza, Jerusalem, Israel. Shalom from Jerusalem. Jerusalem.